Hello, and welcome to the CEO Blind Spots Show, where leaders reveal their blind spots and best practices. I'm your host, Beer Gate Camps, and today's guest is Sue Burnett, president and founder of Burnett Specialists, which is the largest employee staffing and recruiting agency in Texas, and also the second largest employee staffing and placement firm in the USA. So welcome to the show, Sue. Oh, thank you. It's nice to be with you. Yeah, it's such an honor to connect with you via our mutual friend, John Lineberger, and I got to meet with you several years ago when my Inc. 500 company was recognized for being a best place to work in Texas. And that was thanks to your initiatives because you had the Houston Business Journal realize it was important not just to recognize companies that grew fast, but also that treated their employees well. And even though you're a founder at Burnett Specialist, you were kind of also the founder of the recognition of companies with good cultures, because I know since you started that initiative, business journals nationwide have adopted that initiative. But I'm curious, number one, what do you attribute to your success? And two, why were you so interested in that? Well, I think that, first of all, I think on the Best Places to Work event, back in really 1999, my marketing director and I were talking about events. And we had been a part of the women-owned event that they had for HBJ. And she said, you know, it would be great if there was an event that recognized companies who are doing great things for their people. And I thought that was super. And so I went to the publisher of the business journal at the time, John Beto, and we discussed it and he thought it was a great idea. And so we had our first one in 2000. So last year was our 20 year anniversary. And then I went on, I had offices in other cities and I started one in Dallas. Then we did Austin. Then we did San Antonio. And so there were, those were very successful in those four cities. And the other business journals around the nation heard about them because they were talked about as such a big success and they started doing them. So now it's a nationwide event and it's really exciting that we helped start that. Well, I can certainly see why Ernst & Young named you as Entrepreneur of the Year. I happen to also know you were the most admired CEOs and want another recognition. And I mean, you've got awards that go on forever, but I know that when you first started, it was five employees and now you've got nine offices and six locations. And you also have something unusual, which is you had someone that was an employee of yours who also happens to be your husband. And so I'm wondering, how did you make that work? And what do you attribute to why you succeeded so well in business? Well, actually, I always give credit to my husband for my success. He is the one that actually suggested and motivated and encouraged me to start my own business. When we got married, I was only 27. And he said, I think you should have your own company. I was running a staffing firm at the time. And I wasn't really ambitious to do that. I had no intentions of having my own company at that stage. And he kept encouraging me. And then the company that I was working for was financially not doing well because of some other reasons. And I took that chance and decided to go out on my own. And looking back on it, I have to say it was an enormous risk. And when you're young, I don't think that you view risk Mm -hmm. as scary as they are when you get older. That's why I always tell people to take all the risk when they're young. (laughs) But no, it, it worked out. And my husband and I worked together for 40 years. He retired five years ago. And it was a wonderful partnership. And I can truly say I would not be where I am today without him because 
his strengths in the business were my weaknesses mm-hmm. and my strengths were his weakness. So it was a true great partnership. So then who decided to consider the option of an ESOP or an employee stock ownership? That plan? was really me. I had gotten a call from someone who knew that I was not really searching for an exit strategy, but that at some point I would need an exit strategy. And he suggested that I talk to a woman woman in Missouri who had just done an ESOP. And in our industry, it's very uncommon for ESOPs. And that was 11 years ago. And I have to say it was extremely uncommon. I had never heard of a company in the in our business that had done that. So I called her. She gave me the name of the man that helped put her to put the whole deal together for. And that was at the end of October. He flew down in November and met with me. And the first of December, I announced to my staff that we were going to do it. And by December 24th, we closed on the ESOP. It was an extremely fast process for us. I made the decision. I felt that it was the right thing for me personally, because I did not want to retire and I still don't. <laughs> and so it was a real win-win. Our stock has gone up 250%. Mm-hmm. My staff is very happy. I have most of my staff are vested owners of the company. And it's been wonderful for my staffing employees also, because I have over 500 vested staffing employees who are owners of our company. It's been great. So it was yeah. an exit strategy without exiting. Yes. Well, then all I hear is great success. And some would say that's a risk that you took also there because like you said, Mm -hmm. no one knew about it. And and again, you succeeded. So what leadership blind spot did you have when it came to leading others? I don't know. I would say that I've always been more of a quick decision maker that Mm -hmm. sometimes that works and sometimes it doesn't. (laughs) But that's been true of the risk that I've taken really ever since I've been 24. I moved to Houston. I didn't know anyone. I didn't have a job. I had $500. I went to a personnel service. They offered me a job on straight commission. I had never done that job before. I took it and had no guarantees of income. And that was a huge risk. And then once again, marrying my husband and starting my own company at 27, it's been a lot of risk. And and I've always just kind of assumed that it was going to work out. (laughs) I mean, truthfully, I've never really thought, oh, this isn't going to work. I think if you go into anything with an attitude that it might not work, then it won't. Yeah, no, those are all wise words. So there's a lot of leaders when they first become managers of people, they struggle quite a bit, whether it be performance reviews or how to hire well, which area did you struggle with in terms of leading others? I definitely think that my biggest struggle at the time was delegating. I just try to do everything myself. I didn't want to ask anybody to do anything for me because I just always felt like, oh, then they're going to think that I'm not doing what I should be doing. So I really went overboard and it took me years really to the point to where I could really delegate things and not feel that I had to control everything. Do you remember the moment where you realized it's, I can't continue this way, I'm going to start delegating? Well, I think that I worked at a desk as a recruiter for over 20 years. And and I think that when I finally realized that the business had gotten so big at that point, because we had all these offices, I said, I can't continue.
continue running all these different offices myself. I've got to delegate. Mm. So I think that was probably when I really said, I can't do it all. Yeah. Well, I know you're used to making it through crisis and lots of people recently have experienced crisis. I wonder, was your first crisis when you got fired from a job for not getting someone some coffee? Yes. And was that the reason you didn't want to ask anyone else to do it? And you know, that may be. So, so. (laughs) well, my first job was with a television station and I was really busy one day and my boss said he wasn't doing anything. He said, will you get me coffee? And I said, I'm really busy. I've got to get this project out. Can you get it yourself? And literally the next day they fired me. (laughs) So after that, anytime someone asked me to bring them coffee, I was always willing to do it. But I also think that that was a real blessing because it I moved into a job that had better pay and it was quite frankly a, a better career opportunity for me. So when one door closes, another door opens. Is that what you would recommend as a tip for people who still might be struggling with different kinds of crises in their life to make it through? Yes. I think that you always have to look at even when things are bad, what is the good that is going on? Because there's always good things, just like the pandemic. There's so many people, myself included, who really felt that in some ways the pandemic was a blessing for them from the standpoint that it gave us a chance to slow down and to spend more time at home and to spend more time with my husband and to really relax and and enjoy life a little more and not be so busy, busy, busy all the time. Yeah. And I know some of the leaders have also struggled during the pandemic with it being remote. How do you manage people? How do you give performance reviews? But being an ESOP, you probably don't have to do much in terms of performance reviews. We do some performance reviews, but more, I would say, during the year, all year. I mean, we don't mm. we don't sit down and just once a year sit down and say, you know, here's your review. I think that once again, in our business, the numbers are really the review yeah. of how well you're doing. If yeah. you're a recruiter and your billing is good, then you're doing good. If you're in the temp business and on that side and you're not filling very many jobs, then that's really, we know every month what those numbers are. So we yeah. watch those numbers. And But I will say that since all of my people are vested owners of the company, right. it gives them real motivation. And we're very excited whenever we celebrate all of our successes. And this month, I think we're going to have our record month for our placement division, which is very exciting. That is exciting. Congratulations. And if anyone wants to know more about your company, I know they can go to burnettspecialist.com. But I also know you are, I think you just wrote a chapter. I don't know when it's going to be in a book, but if they want to know more about you, is there anything you can reveal about that? Well, it's a book that's being written by 10 women who have been running staffing companies. And so we're sharing leadership tips. And my chapter is really on taking risk (laughs) and the rewards of that. So it will be out sometime next year. Okay. Then I appreciate you being on the show now and next year when it comes out. Thank you so much. Thanks so much for having me.